0: welcome to the outsiders podcast we're back episode 19 i am one of your hosts neil Salin, here always with my main man tyler aka redeem france tyler what's going on what's good Man, I'm good, man. We are recording this the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, the day before Thanksgiving. That's right. And lots uh, to be grateful for. A lot to be grateful for. And uh, we are excited um, to be able to get this out before tomorrow. But we mm-hmm. uh, we want to, with our heart check, we want to really talk about Thanksgiving. We want to talk yeah. about giving thanks. And and you know we we have so many things to be grateful for. I, I want to just start with a quote from my Angelo who. Um, a black female poet, she said this, let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayers Mm. and let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Mm. Uh, I love that she is using this imagery of kneeling on a pillow, which is gratitude, right? She's, She's getting to a heart posture. Right. And when I think about praying to the Lord, when I think about my relationship with Jesus, you know, so often, and then being a pastor and talking with people so often, when we come to the Lord with our prayers, the first thing we do is give our list of needs, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. We, we, we sit down before the Lord mm-hmm. and we've got this list and we just rattle off our prayer requests to him. Right. And that takes up the majority of our, if not all of it, if not all of it, <laughs> right. you're exactly right. And in reality, what we should do when we come to the lord and and what she's done in this you know poetic way here she's saying listen when we come to the lord the first thing that our heart should be postured the the yeah. the kneeling that we're doing should be based upon our gratitude and adoration to the lord yeah we we should be a people who praise god for who he is yeah. and praise god for what he's done absolutely and and i I was taught this years and years ago, and it has stayed with me. And I can honestly say for my own life, mm-hmm. it has been one of the biggest changes about my prayer time. It transforms you. Yeah. I mean, it really does. Um, it, it becomes so much more about, you know, praising God for who He is, praising God for what He's given you. Yeah. Um, I remember you coming to me years and years ago, and you were just kind of going through a, a a time of kind of, Zealous. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a lot of zeal in your yeah. your walk with God, and fire kind of died. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, I I remember asking you. I said, "Well, Tyler, you know,
1: tell me about your your Bible reading,
0: you know." And so you started telling <laughs> me about how you're reading the Bible, and you were like, you know, "Oh I'm yeah, this to... was
1: way way bad, bro. Oh, bro, like, this, this was... was like I was I was under like, yeah yeah yeah. Like, I mean, this was, I was high school. You were
0: way before you were married and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And I was like, bro, tell me tell me what's mm-hmm. what's your reading of Scripture time like? And you're like, "Well, I read it and I start trying to think about." You know, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for me? And I was like, okay, well, tell me about your prayer time. You know, I go to the Lord and I, I, I pray for all these things that I need. And I pray for all these things that yeah. I, you know, and I just, I remember stopping oh, you yeah. and saying, Tyler, mm-hmm. you're making all of your time with the Lord mm-hmm. about what you need and that. about what you're trying to get yeah. and about, instead of it being adoration and praise right. for who he is and for what he has done. Yeah. And, and when... When that happened in my life, yeah. you're exactly right. It is life transforming. Yeah. When, when you begin your time with the Lord every day yeah. with a posture mm-hmm. of gratitude and adoration being
1: the pillow yeah. that you are kneeling me, man. on, yeah. man, it's it just... That means that's just how you are. Yes. Right? Like that's just that when you go to the Lord, you're going to Him with gratefulness. That, right. that is your natural state yeah, of yeah. going to the God. yeah, And beautiful. and
0: so, you know, as we come, I'm glad that we have, it's important that we have, you know, moments um, in our year where we focus on specific things. You know, I think that's a good thing. I'm oh, glad yeah. that we have a day of Thanksgiving because <sighs> mm-hmm. um, it reminds us, hey, this ought to be the posture of your heart every day. Yeah. And so I'm thankful for Thanksgiving Day mm-hmm. um, because it's a reminder of what we should be all the time. Right. And making sure that our our
1: heart is again postured with gratitude and adoration, and even when we're going through it, oh, know? absolutely, like when we are going through it. We still have things to be grateful for. We still have things that we can we can praise God for, and uh, that's yeah. you know that's that is transforming. When I, you, when I, and do I. That.
0: I think you could argue, especially in those times, right? Because if you're going through it Mm -hmm. and it's difficult, you have a tendency for that to be the only thing on your heart and mind, right? Right. For that to be the thing that's weighing on you. Right. And you forget about all your blessings. Yeah. You forget about all the benefits, Mm -hmm. you know, as the psalmist says. And so what you want to do is you want to get into this place where in the midst of that chaos, you carve out time to say, Lord, thank you for who you are. Most definitely. Thank you for what you've done. Yeah. Thank you for the blessings. Because then what it does is it gives you a proper perspective. Yeah. Like this isn't the only thing you're going through. Mm-hmm. This isn't the only thing that the Lord has brought in your life. Look at all, everything else that he's right. brought. So man, I'm just so thankful for this time. I'm so thankful that, you know, I'm thankful for our church. Yeah. I'm thankful for you. Same. I'm thankful for our pastors. I'm same, thankful same. for this podcast. I'm yeah. thankful for my family, yeah. um, you know, what a blessing my wife and children are mm-hmm. and my extended family. I'm thankful for friends. I'm thankful yeah. for listeners' God's word. I'm thankful People for listeners. Listen. Yeah. I'm, I'm so—I mean, the list could go on and Absolutely. on, and I, I think it should, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, we if we were to list all the the blessings, it Mm. would never stop. Right. And I think God does that and he gives us all these blessings so that we never stop
1: Mm. praising him.
0: Right. The list never stops, so our praise for those things should never stop. And
1: so I'm And um, what's awesome is is our praise is what's best for us as well. Absolutely. We are praising God, that is what is best for us as well. Yes.
0: Because C.S. Lewis talks about the expression of our praise is the completion of the joy. Mm -hmm. So if we don't praise, right, if we don't um, express it, then you're not going to experience the joy in the worship. And if we're not grateful, you're miserable. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's just... Yeah, And Truth. the Lord knows, the Lord knows a, a grateful person, yeah. a, a joyful person, a person that is full of adoration is mm-hmm. going to be a person that is fat, satisfied and content in life. Amen. And when we don't do that, we're, we're going to be in trouble. So I hope that um, you're thinking about these things during these times as well as listeners and that you can take these words and just take this small conversation we had about Thanksgiving and, and really think about the posture of your own heart um as we move forward because um when your heart is not postured correctly man so much bad stuff is gonna come from it yeah. and one of the things that obviously has come um in this country mm. i would argue from people not having a proper posture yeah. in their heart um was bans on interracial marriage oh yeah um when when all of this happened and so i I want to talk mm. about this topic today's episode 19 Interracial marriage. What does the Bible say about it? What has U.S. history said about it? And how should we view it as Christians? Well, let's uh, dig into the history of interracial marriage in the United States. The first recorded interracial marriage in American history was the celebrated marriage of the daughter of the Pohadon chief, an English tobacco planter in 1614. We Ooh. know her as Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Pocahontas did not marry John Smith. Um, what? Yeah, that, that, that is a Disney version of her life. Instead, she actually married John Rolfe. As a condition of release after being held captive by English settlers for more than a year. So it was not a Disney romantic um, kind of situation here. It was a peace treaty. (laughs) Rolfe presented her, duly baptized, in England as a symbol of peace. Yep. An example of England's civilizing potential. Look mm. what we can do. We can civilize these people, and we can marry into these people. It's the potential right. of the new world. Mm. Uh, it, it was also a means to raise funds for the Virginia Company's colony. Mm. She died um, not too long after that. They did have one kid, but she died, and the peace that it brokered um, with this marriage, it all just collapsed. Yeah. right. It all just once that died. So did so did the peace. Right. It fell apart. Now it's interesting because. Uh, the the myth of this marriage um and the, the potential myth actually had long effects way before disney mm-hmm. remade the story and mm-hmm. um it, it in, in fact this law i mean this um marriage even shaped virginia's laws on interracial marriage mm-hmm. for instance in 1924 virginia passed a virginia racial integrity act that statement alone right yeah takes me off yeah but it codified individuals as white mm. only if they had no trace whatsoever of any blood other than Cocktails. anglo right like right. that's that's yeah. it if you you had to be anglo yep. or you were not white but they made an exception
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was actually called the pocahontas exception. exception yeah because there were some elite families that were actually from the bloodline of this one child that Pocahontas so had with mixed. John Roth. So they had Indian blood in them. Right. And they were like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Mm-hmm. If you pass this without any exceptions, then, then that means we're not white. Right. And that's going to cause a lot of problems for us. And we're, we're these elite families here. So what yeah. are you doing? Right. So they made this exception that basically say, if you have one sixteenth, 16th or less... less
1: uh-huh.
0: Native American blood in you, then you can still be Anglo and white. Yeah, right. You can still be white. So it made this exception, but you right. can see from the very get go here in Virginia mm-hmm. that they they are very concerned about the racial integrity yeah. issue, mm-hmm. and so the first laws that prohibited interracial marriage had had nothing to do with keeping native americans from marrying mm-hmm. white people right. it had everything to do with keeping poor white people mm-hmm. usually indentured servants from marrying african slaves yeah it's like irish so in 1664
1: mm-hmm.
0: maryland tried to stop any potential marriage from white and black mm. by threatening enslavement for white women who married black men Mm -hmm. So in Maryland, if you were a white woman, and let's say you were just an indentured servant, white woman, and you fell in love and wanted to marry a black slave of the place that you worked, Mm -hmm. the threat would then be, then you'll become a slave too. Mm -hmm. You won't just be an indentured servant. You will actually become a slave. And so this caused fear. One such case was the case of Eleanor Butler. She Mm -hmm. was a poor indentured servant, originally from Ireland. At the age of 16 years old, she announced her intention to marry a slave named Charles. Hmm. Because of these laws in Maryland at the time, that meant Eleanor herself would become a slave. Right. And she would have to serve the same master of her husband-to-be. Yeah. Now, two years before that, Virginia tried to make, you know, scary laws and, Mm -hmm. and fearful laws. And so what they did is they basically made a law that said... Children of black men and white women Mm -hmm. would inherit the social status of their father. So if an indentured white poor woman Mm -hmm. married a black slave, all of their children would be slaves. Yeah. They wouldn't be indentured servants. They wouldn't be free. They would be slaves as well. Which is their way of keeping
1: them in check and making sure they don't do that.
0: Right. And eventually Virginia outlawed interracial marriage entirely Mm -hmm. in 1691. Now, here's the goal of these laws. The goal of these laws were to be used to set in motion the system of racial classification. Hmm. We've talked about this before right. in, in our early podcast in season one, right? Yeah, one that of first, right? When black and white became language that was used thing. to separate <laughs> people, these laws were used as a means to accomplish that. Right. They were used to racial, racial classifications to, to basically say you were white if you did not have a drop of African or black blood in you. Mm-hmm. So these laws were, they arose to build racial barriers to create binary categories mm-hmm. of black and white, mm-hmm. slave and free. Right. That was the goal. We, we want to, to create this binary category. Thing here yeah, yeah black people, white, white people pe- yeah and and we can use interracial bands right to make sure that we keep it separated because yeah. remember they were the slaveholders were worried that poor white indentured Irish servants were going to team up with poor mm-hmm. black slaves and that was going to be a problem right so let's make a clear distinction between white and black hey mm-hmm. we can also use these interracial bans mm-hmm. on marriage to to accomplish these per these uh, purposes Wow. Most of the American colonies followed Maryland and Virginia's lead, banning interracial marriage between 1661 and 1725. In fact, 41 states in all put these marriage bans in, hmm. that you could not marry. If you were a white person, you could not marry a black person. Now, here's what began to happen. Northern colonies begin to repeal these bans as they begin to gradually abolish slavery. Mm-hmm. So as the North began to abolish slavery, they began repealing these bans on interracial marriage. But now, that didn't always go well. No, it didn't mean that the people were like, right. you know, there were still a bunch of people who weren't having it. Right. Um, for instance, in New York City, a mob attacked a mixed-race gathering after they thought an abolitionist minister had married an interracial couple. That's crazy. They beat, they burned, they destroyed homes of abolitionists, they targeted black homes, schools, churches, and businesses. Um Other riots occurred with similar anger Mm -hmm. uh, in other cities in in 1838. Philadelphia had a similar incident where a mob just went crazy, burning down churches and um, breaking the law. And again, all based upon this interracial marriage thing. In fact, there were 165 anti-abolitionist riots in the 1830s. Many of them were fueled by interracial marriage. Mm -hmm. When, People in the States started getting married outside of, you know, white people and black people started getting married. Right. It caused riots. Right. Um, they saw this as a problem.
1: Wow.
0: So these laws um, kind of going back a little bit, these laws were, were used in so many different ways, right. To cause this binary separation of white and black. Mm-hmm. They were also used by Supreme court justices like Roger Taney to argue that the founding fathers never intended for black people to be citizens. Hmm. They would say, if the founding fathers intended for, for black people to be citizens, then why did we have a band on interracial marriage? Tanny, for instance, said these laws were evidence. And I'm quoting here mm-hmm. of a perpetual and impassable barrier erected between the white race and those which they looked upon As so far below them in scale of created beings, that intermarriage between white persons and Negroes and mulattoes were regarded as unnatural, immoral, and punishable as crimes.
1: Wow.
0: So he was arguing, the founding fathers believed, here's what he's saying, right? That, That the founding fathers, they believed that these black people were so far below right. That to marry one would be mm-hmm. a unnatural and immoral act, and punishable as crimes. During this whole time, every political debate that was happening, interracial marriage became a topic. Yeah, uh, it became an issue, including Lincoln. Lincoln Douglas debate. Mm-hmm. Douglas was accusing Lincoln of being soft on. On race. Mm-hmm. And, and even though Lincoln was the great emancipator and he was used by God to free the slaves, right. uh, he had a lot of racist mm-hmm. ideologies in his mind. He, mm-hmm. he even said, though I do not want um, a black woman to be a slave, that um, doesn't mean I want her to be my wife. Right, um, And so he pushed back
1: on Douglas. And someone like Lincoln saying that is, I mean, that's... Gosh, that well, you get for the, the cause. It's just yes, and, well, and you get the tone
0: of the country, right? Right? Like, yeah. yes, we will free them.
1: Yeah, they're but, not equal, but they're, they're not, not equal. equal. They're not equal, but, but right. Yeah, well, we're going to free them, but they're not equal. We don't think they should be mistreated per se, but they're not
0: equal. To right. Us. These same interracial marriage laws were used as a basis for Jim Crow laws mm. in eighteen ninety six. Right. They looked at them and said, look, our founding fathers never intended for us to intermix. Right. And we know that because these bans on interracial marriage laws. Right. So that was part of the argument mm-hmm. for Jim Crow laws, separate but equal. Look, right. we're supposed to be separate. Right. We're not supposed to go to the same
1: schools. We're yep. not supposed to marry these people. Look, So they use interracial marriage bans as a gateway to just have more laws that oppress Yes. Black people and, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And and from 1882 to 1968, Mm -hmm. 3,500 black men were publicly murdered by white mobs. Around one third of them were being accused of raping white women when in fact, in most cases, they were consensual relationships. Mm. But the white mob thought they needed to protect white women from the... You know, savage, lustful, violent black men. Right. Emmett Till right. is a perfect example. This 14-year-old boy accused of whistling at a woman or yeah. making a cat call to a woman. Right. He is taken, beaten, killed, and thrown in the river. Yeah. And the Fourteen. woman... 14 it's years nuts. old. And then the woman admits later on, oh yeah, I a lot lie. about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Then, as Jim Crow as the cornerstone, the number of prohibitions against interracial marriage increases Mm -hmm. in the late 19th century and early 20th century. So so what happened was, is you had the the North slowly getting rid of these bans. The people kind of riot about that. But then the South says, hang on, Mm -hmm. we got separate but equal. We got Jim Crow, and Mm -hmm. we're going to use as the basis of some of these arguments, we're going to use interracial marriage. Look what the Founding Fathers intended. Mm -hmm. Then, once Jim Crow goes into place, then... The states say, well, look, we've got separate but equal, so we definitely can't have interracial marriage. So then those, that's used for more bans right. on interracial marriage. So yeah. it just continues to spread and grow. Mm. Um, Western states, as they were entering into the union, prohibited uh, other groups as well. Uh, people of Asian and American Indian descent, mm. um, which this revealed the true intention... Of all of this, mm. to maintain white supremacy, right? To maintain white purity,
1: yeah.
0: None of these laws bothered to prohibit interracial marriage among non-white groups, so it didn't stop Asian Americans and African Americans from marrying each other, right? It, it was didn't just, stop. It was just
1: the whites. That it were didn't
0: stop Native Americans from marrying African Americans or Asian Americans. It was white whites. people mm-hmm. that could not marry outside their race, right? And it was all put into play
1: mm-hmm.
0: in this white supremacy, white purity kind of, you mm. know, setup right. here. Because an Englishman can marry an Irishman.
1: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm.
0: that's quote unquote outside your net nationality yeah. or ethnicity. Right. right. But that didn't matter. Right. Right? You were still marrying white.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. This
0: is, you read all this and you're just like, ugh, tragic, horrific. It's horrible. I'm just mad. Like, <laughs> please God, when is this going to get better? Yeah. As the civil rights era began, yeah, things began to change. Right. In the 50s, states began to change their laws and state supreme courts began to rule um, that a ban on interracial marriage was unconstitutional. Mm. But even into the sixties, there were still 16 States where it was illegal to get married outside of your race, the usual suspects. And that brings us to loving versus Virginia case, the most famous case on interracial marriage. If you've never seen the movie loving, Mm -hmm. um, I encourage you to watch that movie. Maybe we can do a, uh, breakdown of the movie or something. We can watch it and talk about it on on the episode and play some clips from it and stuff. But, um, 16 states still had this ban it was illegal um this brings us to loving versus virginia this is mm-hmm. the case that brought down interracial marriage bans in the united states mm. richard and mildred loving i love that the fact that their last name is loving, loving. Yeah. and th- and this is the case that it's it's just yeah. perfect it's it's poetic it's mm-hmm. it's god's sense of humor like i'm about to <laughs> i'm about to change all of this and i'm going to do it with uh, a white man and a black woman and their last name is loving, loving. <laughs> They were arrested in Virginia in 1958, yeah. and here's why they were arrested. You couldn't marry outside your race, and right. a white person couldn't marry a black person in Virginia. Right. So they went to Washington, D.C., got married, and they came back to Virginia. Mm-hmm. They were arrested. Right. Oh, no, you can't just go get married in another state, and then come back here and think that we're just going to mm-hmm. approve of this marriage. Um, so they were arrested. They would either have to serve one year in prison, or they have to leave the state. Right. So they chose to leave the state. But they still had family. That's the problem. Yep. So they left the state, but all of their family was in Virginia. Right. They missed their family. Right. So they would come in at times to mm-hmm. see their family. And on one of these trips in to see their family, they were arrested again in 1963. <sighs> right. The ACLU stepped in. Mm-hmm. They appealed the conviction. They argued that interracial marriage bans violated the 14th Amendment's equal protection clause, which mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. The lower courts, though, upheld the decision. Mm-hmm. But in 1967, it reached the Supreme Court where Chief Justice Earl Warren wrote the opinion of the unanimous court decision Mm. declaring marriage is one of the basic civil rights of man. To deny this fundamental freedom on so unsupported a basis as racial classification, (laughs) I love that, an unsupported basis of racial classification, is surely to deprive all the state citizens of liberty. Interracial marriage was now legal throughout the United States. Yeah. It struck down 80 years of laws. It struck down 300 years of legal code. Loving versus Virginia ended it all finally and completely. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean... How loving. That doesn't mean people change. (laughs) Right. right? Uh, In fact, in 1967, a poll was done, and 72% of the public opposed the Supreme Mm. Court's ruling, saying that it was an overreach. Right. That the government had no right to come in and say what the states mm-hmm. should do about marriage. Mm-hmm. Slowly, yeah. the nation's views have changed. Right. To this day, ninety-one percent of Americans believe interracial marriage is a perfectly acceptable institution. Right, um, not, and this is—I love this number. Nineteen percent of all marriages are interracial. Are interracial? Yeah, they are. So the number right. is growing. Ten yeah. percent of all children are, are interracial. interracial. Yeah. So the numbers are the view is is trending the proper way. Right. The the results of that view are trending the proper way. We have right. people marrying from all different colors and shades Starting and backgrounds. to look like the
1: kingdom a little yes, bit, yes. Right? And
0: we're blending together. Yep. We are. Um, we're having children of, of all different colors right. and and so. If you were to ask me, well, well, what's who's the big push, what's the big pushback? Well, it's it's the older generation. Yeah, yeah. Who have a very difficult time letting go of some of the things that they've held on to for so long, right? Yeah. You believe they've this been for so this long. Their whole life. The They'd... laws backed me up for mm-hmm. so long.
1: Mm-hmm. And they Not have to a... mention the rhetoric and the things that they've, you know, heard and and you from know, churches. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. gonna talk
0: about it in a minute. Stuff that right. was said from from pastors' right. pulpits. And yep. and so um Usually the older generation has the most difficult time, Mm -hmm. you know, with that. Um, But thankfully, history is moving forward. Yes, it is. The outlook on interracial marriage is a positive one. Mm -hmm. Um, Babies are being born. People are are marrying each other. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing and a very biblical thing thing. Yeah. And that's where Tyler, I want you to go next to to discuss what arguments get used to say this is unbiblical. And why are those arguments ridiculous? Let's talk about it.
1: All right. As I like to do uh, in the very beginning, if I can, I want to start this segment off by kind of building a bridge with a few people. Right? Love love
0: can build a bridge.
1: Love can build a bridge. That's a song. Lovings, can, Lovings can, build loving a bridge, can build a bridge. Lovings can build a bridge. It is my belief that interracial, in, interracial marriage is beautiful. Amen. I think that it honors God, and it's a completely biblical union. Um, now, I do know that there are people out there who have a hard time with it. Sure. And they're not necessarily just the older people or whatever else, but there there are some that just have a hard time with it. And what I don't want to do is make the mistake of grouping all of those people into the same category as, as, as just racially, they're, they're, yeah, they're ignorant just ignorant or racist in general, right? They, just haters of other colors and yeah. that, that kind of thing. Because yeah. I think that's lazy. Um, but I, I I mean I even know some black families who love me, you know, and I know mm-hmm. they love me, and they'd do anything for me and my family but they do not approve of their children dating outside of their race. Right, they still want people to um, marry inside their race. And and these are people who believe in equality all around, and, and yet they still have major reservations about these relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so, in bl- most cases, it's harder. Blind spots or... R- blind spots, but also because it... It is harder in a lot of ways because of the way the culture is sometimes. Right, right? Right, yeah. So you will have obstacles you have to face that you wouldn't if you dated within your own race. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now that does not mean that we shouldn't do it. Right. Uh, just and things like are anything. getting easier. Like getting things <laughs> are getting better. Right. It's right, easier right. now than it was loving versus Virginia. Right. But but things are not perfect yet. So the historical right. stuff you just talked about is still kind of recent. 1967. Yeah, and the, not that long though. Cultural opposition is still very present. So uh, so things are hard for the for those kind of couples. Sure. Um, so even though I disagree with them on whether or not they're worth the trouble, the, the relationships are worth the trouble, I'm not ignorant to the extra obstacles. All right, mm-hmm. there's my bridge, right? Right. So... Uh, now I see a major problem though. Right. Sure. And that is when people use scripture mm-hmm. to argue that it's unbiblical or sinful, right? Yep. It's not in scripture. Right. Okay. Um, I spent a lot of my research time this week and, and even, you know, before that, um, reading and hearing these arguments and mm-hmm. none of them line up with what I know about scripture and the Lord um, uh, so none we, so of n- them, none of them, bro. They're, they're weak <laughs> yeah. arguments, man. Yeah. Um, so, so let's read and talk about them and, uh, let's get into it. So yeah. one of the most common is the tower of Babel, right? Right. Genesis 11, six through nine. Uh, you know, the people they're, they're ignoring the Lord's commands and they build this massive tower to, uh, what, you know, they say impress God, but it's, it's to make a name for themselves. Right. And and God wasn't having it. Right. And and so in verse six, he says, and the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. Mm. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. So their argument is, back then, God saw fit to separate people. Uh, He saw that they were one, and that that wasn't how he wanted them to remain, because they would grow further from him. And, uh, that wasn't his plan for them. And so, uh, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. So we should not intermingle because that would compromise what he did at the tower of Babel. It's almost like trying to keep the integrity of the tower of Babel. Right. Uh, two things to that. One that's dumb. The, the tower of Babel has nothing to do with race and ethnicity. No, not at all. If anything, Neil, it had to do with languages. Yeah. So, So if you want to be consistent, you shouldn't learn foreign languages ever. Right. Right, So, so that would be yeah. that would be more in context and direct compromise of the Tower of Babel. Yeah, uh,
0: and that would be a problem for Paul. That would be a problem for Jesus. Jesus. That would yeah. be a problem for a
1: lot of people in the New Testament who <laughs> could speak Aramaic, could speak Hebrew, and could speak Greek. And the whole command to, to go out and preach the gospel to all nations. How right. are we going to do that if we can't yep, learn be a, languages? That would be a problem. Yeah, that would be an issue. So uh, like I said, that, that doesn't hold weight yeah uh, and the second one, you know, this means the tower of Babel was was for a moment for a certain people, but not meant to be a command for all humanity yeah
0: and I, and I want to add to that, yeah that second one because I think this is in, I think it's very, very important that we understand why God did what he did you know when right. when you said that the argument is God saw fit to separate people to preserve them mm-hmm. He saw that they were one, and that wasn't how he wanted them yep, that is a massive massive failure to understand oh yeah what god wanted oh yeah the idea that god didn't want them all as one yeah it, no, he, it's the opposite it, it's the opposite they of that. didn't listen he just <laughs> it's not he just didn't want them all in one place right it, the the issue was not that they were together mm-hmm. it's that they were not willing to obey the command god said to adam and eve be fruitful multiply fill the earth right as image bearers of God, take my glory all over the world. Right. Here, they were doing the very opposite. They were saying, no, we're not going to take your glory
1: all over the world. We're going to actually stay right here mm-hmm. together. And there wasn't a caveat on the, the be fruitful and multiply with only your people. Right. No, yeah. There wasn't but but
0: what ended up, so what God was doing yeah. was God was, he, he came down dispersing their languages so that they would disperse all over the world. Right. And then what the new covenant does in Jesus Christ mm. is he brings them all back together oh, as one.
1: We get into that, Neil. We're so going to get to it.
0: That's what's so mm-hmm. messed up about this is right. that the basis for which they think God was doing the Tower of Babel oh, yeah. was all wrong. Right. God just wanted people all over the world. Yeah. That was the goal. Right. He wanted people all over the world. And yeah. because they weren't doing that, he yeah. said the best way to get them to disperse is because their hearts are wicked, yeah. is to make it to where they can't work together. Right. And it had nothing to do with that. So God didn't come down and go, mm-hmm. now, you know, let's see, we got some darker people over here. We'll give them one language. And then there's some people over yeah. here that are a little bit lighter skin. We'll give them a different language. Yeah. It wasn't based on ethnicity or or race at all. This was yeah. a language issue. Right. Again, because it was really an idolatry issue. Right. They were worshiping themselves. God yeah. wanted them to disperse. worship God. Mm. And that's, that's what revelation is all about. Right. right. I mean, in the end, people from every tribe, nation, language are one around the throne, worshiping God. That was the goal of what he started at Babel. Yep. So it wasn't, Oh, let's, we can't have these people together. We can't have these people, you know, being able to, to be one. No, that's not the point. Yeah. The point was, you're not spreading my glory. Uh-huh. Jesus comes and says, "Now that everyone is split over the world, mm-hmm. we're going to now take the gospel to all of these people, right. so that in the
1: end, everybody's one again. Yeah, as it should have been. It's good. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, another argument is Deuteronomy seven three, which says check this out. Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. Now, now if you just
0: stop there. Listen, dude, I, I, I was,
1: <laughs> I was watching YouTube videos, reading things. And I, I saw a pastor preach that from the pulpit to, to just for interracial marriage opposition, right? right. Like I, that's what he did. And he just I was stopped like, right well, there. Let, let's read a little more. Yeah he, like, just let's, stopped. yeah. he stopped right there and was like, how plain is that? Yeah, like how? I mean, black and white is that? Right. Like, I was just no pun me? intended. Yeah, right. Uh, so, uh, so now we're we're talking about marriage, and it seems like we could be talking about race, but let's keep reading. So, mm-hmm. do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons, or take their daughters for years. For your wives? Uh, Don't take daughters for your sons. For your sons. Because they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Then mm-hmm. the anger of the Lord will burn against you and he will swiftly destroy you. So now, now we got context. That doesn't hold up either. The Lord is not telling them not to marry because of their different ethnicities, which, by the way, they were all Middle mm-hmm. Eastern. From the same area. So they probably looked pretty close the same. Uh, he is telling them not to marry because they serve other gods. It's the right. same, same thing. The Tower of Babel—they were serving themselves. Right. That was their god, right? And will lead them to do the same. There is a marriage. There is a marriage that is forbidden in Scripture, and we'll right. talk about it briefly right now, right? And that is a believer with a non-believer. Do not be unequally Equally
0: yoked. Yoked. Yes. What business does light have with darkness? Right. That has
1: nothing to do with skin color.
0: Right. At all.
1: Yeah. So now if you have entered this marriage, I just want to say this real quick, just in case you're in this relationship or whatever. Now, if you have entered this marriage as a believer, it is your responsibility to be faithful and still love your spouse and submit or lead accordingly. This is not an out because you know, you can't get out of this marriage because they are not saved. That's not an out. You still have a responsibility to, to show them Jesus and give them hope and all those things. Right. Uh, now, the Bible does say if you have not entered into a marriage, and maybe you're dating or whatever else, then the command of Scripture is not to marry that person, right? So, right. And, and there's a reason for that. It it has all types of issues with it, but that's not what this is about. So yeah. back to interracial marriage. Well, hang on one second. I, <coughs> I just want to say, in first, we we talked about this
0: in a— um, man, I we mentioned it in season one, very beginning of season one— when we said eventually we're going to do an inter- interracial marriage yeah, yeah. podcast. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, mm-hmm. if a man dies, the woman is free right. to remarry. Yeah. The only caveat yeah. that Paul There's gave one was caveat. only in the Lord. In the Lord. So she was free to marry anyone she wanted to. Right. As long as that person was in the Lord. Yeah. And that is the only caveat in Scripture we have for marrying. You must marry right. someone that... Is a believer. Yeah, um, that light—that light and darkness, right? Yeah. What business it was like. Yeah, I've heard pastors even say, "Look there, light wow. and dark, white and black." Oh, I've heard preachers say it goodness. and use it. Um when he's
1: talking about spiritual darkness. How did I miss that? I was, I
0: was searching for stuff yep. like this. <laughs> Absolutely. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All
1: right. So another passage that is commonly used, uh, which is in the New Testament, is Acts 17, 26. And I know you want to talk about this. Right. Yeah. Uh, but let me read it off real quick. So uh verse 24 says, Then God who made the world and everything in it, it's the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. Mm-hmm. And he is not served by humans' hands. As if he needed anything rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Now here's their, here's their one thing. And this tells you how, right. It's how they're twisting it. Right. Yeah, Yeah. So, uh, verse 26 from one man, he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. He created boundaries. So therefore he wants us all separated Goes along with the same thing we were talking about with uh, Tower of Babel, um, and so that's you know it, it's silly, honestly. Yeah. And I know you wanted to talk about it, in yeah, getting I, into it a
0: little more. There's a, there's a few things here about this text that um, mm-hmm. they miss when they argue it this way. Number one, yeah, Paul is preaching the gospel to these people at Mars Hill, right? These philosophers, these these men mm-hmm. who are thinkers. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's laying out the case that there is only one God. Remember he comes to them and he sees all these different idols mm-hmm. and there's one to the unknown God. Yeah. And so he says, well, let me tell you about this one, this one unknown God. He's actually the only one, right? The creator of heaven and earth, mm-hmm. the one who, um, makes everything yeah. and he doesn't need temples made by human beings because he made the human beings. <laughs> right. Um, And then he's actually making the case that all human beings, that there's no such thing as race. Yeah. Because he's saying, listen, from one man came all the nations. Came all of them. Yeah. Everybody's the same. Yep. So he's actually making the case that God made Adam and from Adam came all the nations Mm -hmm. and that God's desire... Mm-hmm. is for these nations to fill up the earth. Right. Yes, they're going to rise, they're going to fall. God's in charge of Absolutely. where they are and when they are and yeah. and their boundaries and all these things. But the whole point of all that is that they would seek him, right? reach out to him, and find him, right. even though he is not far from any of us. Absolutely. So this is a gospel presentation mm-hmm. about what God has done in humanity. Mm-hmm. This is not speaking at all about... Um, Marriage. crossing over yes yeah, not <laughs> talking about marriage or crossing over nations and, right. and just think about this as a as a pastor yeah in america is preaching this text for being against interracial marriage right, right. yeah he's saying look look at what it says <clears throat> one man he made all the nations that he should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times and histories and the boundaries of their lands mm-hmm. okay now let's just stop and think about what america is Mm-hmm. America <laughs> is a giant melting pot yep. of people yep. who come to this nation
1: yep. as members of other nations yeah. and become a new nation. So by those standards, we are the most ungodly nation. If you're going to take this text to <laughs> yeah. say, "You oh, yeah. listen, God marked out the
0: ba- boundaries of the land. Yeah, What are you other nations doing coming here and making one nation out of many nations. Yeah. It's defeating the very thing they say this text is supposed to be arguing, yeah. that we're not supposed to be mixing. Well, right. the United States is a big mix. Right. That's what we are. Yeah. And so they're not even going to be consistent with their own interpretation of the Scripture. And that's what happens. You make a bad right. interpretation yeah. for one point. Right right? Yep. I wanna, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to make this point. So I'm mm-hmm. going to manipulate the text mm-hmm. to make this point. Then when you manipulate the text to make this point, that manipulation mm-hmm. is going to reveal some inconsistencies in yourself, mm-hmm. but you won't hold yourself accountable to that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so that's what happens with all of these is mm-hmm. that there's a lack of,
1: uh, of, it's misinterpretation and then a lack of accountability. Right. So on these kind of passages, we also, you know, we just want to let the Bible interpret the Bible too, right? Yeah. Like, that's one of absolutely. the ways to do that. Uh, in the genealogy of Jesus, Rahab, uh, mm-hmm. a Canaanite prostitute, marries a Jewish man. Yep. Uh, Ruth, who yep. was a Moabite woman, known for worshiping pagan gods and idols, recanted those gods and told Naomi, where you go, I'll go, who you worship, I will worship. And eventually, she married Boaz, a mm-hmm. Jewish kinsman redeemer. So, again, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, outside of their... Yeah, nation or outside race outside of their nation, uh, and race, again, race yeah. was not really a, right. race a didn't thing exist, but then outside of their ethnicity um, or nation. Yeah. And then finally, we have Moses. This is my favorite. Who who marries a black Cushite woman, right. uh, from Ethiopia. Yep. And his sister Miriam and Aaron take issue with this, and God defends Moses and yep. his relationship, right, and even strikes Miriam with leprosy for seven days. Yep. So, so if you interpret Scripture with Scripture, and and you see the heart of God in that, then you like God doesn't come to Moses' defense with his relationship, even right. If that is yeah. frowned upon, yeah. If and, and Moses had no business being with a Cushite woman, and we can look at Jesus, yeah, and Jewish if, if, man.
0: If, well, and if you look what if you look at the the nationalities here, the fact is Jesus is a mixture of nationalities, yeah. So he oh, is yeah. a citizen yeah. oh, because yeah. he's from Judah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he's got Moabite oh, yeah. ancestry. He's got Canaanite yeah. ancestry. Yeah. He I mean, so you look at that and you say, yeah. well, he, he doesn't have hundred percent Jewish blood in him. Right. He's got other nations in his yeah. line. Yeah. And obviously that was ordained by God.
1: Yeah. And and Jesus is a Jewish man and his bride, which is the church, is multiracial. Yeah. So how can Jesus be against interracial marriage if his bride is right. interracial? He's got no problem using the metaphor
0: yeah. of this is
1: my bride yeah. and my bride is black
0: and white and brown and you know all the colors, yep. right? From all the nations mm-hmm. and Jesus says that's my bride. Yeah. I got no problem with my
1: my bride being interracial. Yeah. It's beautiful, it's glorious. Right. Man, uh, and and I, I just want to end by kind of saying this: uh, with that picture, right, with that metaphor of of Jesus and the bride and the church, um, how beautiful is it when that picture is projected through two people mm-hmm. who come from totally different backgrounds, right? Neil, they have totally different cultures, um, but they are together by a common. They're they're drawn together by a common love for Jesus, yeah, and each other, yeah. And the beauty of the gospel is that's only possible through the cross of Christ. Right. which, I mean, Trump's all ethic, right. Differences and cultural opposition. I mean, that is what the gospel is. Yeah, and I think it's also beautiful
0: that in Christ we don't have to be afraid of other cultures. So that when you marry into a culture that's different than yours, you don't have to. There doesn't have to be assimilation in in a sense. Like you, we can still celebrate your culture and celebrate my culture, even in the midst of our covenant here. Yeah. So we can honor those. Differences, right? Those beautiful differences. Yeah. we can honor them and, and celebrate them, <laughs> and celebrate them, right? It's not like okay, well, a white woman marries a black man, and now all of a sudden the black
1: man's got to act like a white a white man. See, and that and that's kind of what the culture is. It's like, well, you can do that. Like that's what I was saying at the very beginning. You're like you can do that, but it's going to be really, really hard for you, right? Right? Like it's going to be really, really right. hard. It shouldn't be. It should right. be like, dude, we're going to get this culture and this culture, yes. and we're going to be able to join How, them yeah. together and. Right. And, like, learn from this, and, like, it right. should be, I mean, and, it should be kingdom stuff. And, and again, that
0: picture yeah. of the church and Christ yeah. lets us know how God views marriage. Oh, yeah. The reality is, in the end, when Jesus comes back to this the earth and he makes it brand new, mm-hmm. there's going to be people from every tribe, mm. nation, and tongue yep. together. And he's not going to do away
1: Mm-mm.
0: with the differences. No. If he did why are there still tribe nations and tongues? Right. He's yeah, yeah. not doing away with them. Right. He's still going to have them there. And we are still going to worship very differently. Mm-hmm. There're going to be cultures that are different. Mm. And Jesus doesn't come and say, "I'm going to wipe all that out." Right. You can't be one together worshiping me with all these differences. Right. No, Jesus is going to say, no, all these differences are beautiful. Oh, yeah. All these languages are beautiful. Yeah. They worship, they're an expression of worship for and this me, was my
1: plan all along. And
0: this was my plan all this is why I did the Tower of Babel. Yep. This is this is why I sent people all over the world Absolutely. so that I could bring everyone back together as one. Yeah. One covenant, mm. one love, one baptism, one Lord. Yeah. We're gonna bring that all together, one spirit, right. expressing differently. And that doesn't mean that you have to. One doesn't mean, unity doesn't mean lack of diversity. Right. right. No, right? no, no, um, The beauty of interracial marriage yeah. is that it brings diversity mm-hmm. in, yeah. and you're united in spite of the diversity. Oh, yeah. And that is the beauty of the gospel, and that's the beauty of Jesus. Got me all fired up at And, the end, and that's you. why interracial marriage is a beautiful thing. It Absolutely. glorifies God. Yeah. Interracial marriage is a wonderful, beautiful picture mm-hmm. of Jesus and his bride. Amen. It's it's glorious, uh, so it's not just acceptable. Yeah, it's glorious, and it should be celebrated. And it should be celebrated. And mm-hmm. uh, this is only possible through the cross of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and so uh, we are so thankful that we got to do this episode. We are so thankful that um, for this time of year and Thanksgiving and and how we started the podcast. We're so thankful for our interracial couples who yeah. listen to this podcast and and, uh, children who are interracial. And the fact that some of you listening here may be single and you may marry somebody outside of your quote unquote race, (laughs) um, man, as long as they love the Lord, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so we are just so thankful that you listen to this podcast, continue to do so like subscribe, share, do all that good stuff for us. And, um, after, um, Thanksgiving, we'll start planning another a podcast. It'll be episode oh, yeah. 20. Ooh. We'll have like a big celebration for 20 episodes. Yeah, do. People do it like at 100. We'll do it like at 20. <laughs> uh, anyway, we love you guys. So imagine
1: how awesome our 100s
0: are. Oh, man. Bro, if we get to 100, I might <laughs> be 100. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, we love you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you later. Later.